Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Conservative. What I don't like about Washington is they're very nice to your face, and then they take a shiv or a machete, and they stab it in your back. I'm a Wall Street guy, and I'm more of a front-stabbing person, and, and I'd rather tell people directly how I feel about them. Nobody talk about politics, like... Don't say anything, you know. A marriage that's been through it all. She has filed for divorce over his naked political ambition. These are the views of a couple in love. A couple with children. A couple with differing opinions and perspectives. A couple that survives. He's kind of like an impetuous guy. In, in many ways, that's great. In some ways, it's tough when you're married. What leads them back to each other? Communication, conversation, and a realistic outlook on the world we live in. Your hosts, Anthony and Deirdre Scaramucci. This is Mooch and the Misses. Okay, guys, here we are, Mooch and the Misses, live from Vegas with Maria Menounos, a very special guest. I finally have someone who's on my wavelength on this podcast. I love it. It's always it. like me and some like 55-year-old man. <laughs> wink, wink. I love all the M's. Mooch misses Menunos. A lot of M's. Mania. I, ju- I just got told by my beautiful wife that I'm not on her wavelength, which is fine. Keep going, baby. <laughs> I didn't mean you. I meant the guest. Nope. You're just a little nope. older. <laughs> this is what I say to my husband. I'm always like, honey, like it's just different. You're older. Right? I know. So, okay, so what does that mean, Menunos? What does that mean, older? Go ahead. You, how, what's your age no, difference? I guess he's 15 years older than me. The okay, best so Kevin's example 11. Is yeah, it's just they're a different generation. Yeah, like one time I sent him a text and told him he was cray. Listen, and he goes, you forgot the Z. This is brutal. I'm like, oh, no. no, I said you're cray. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, this is what Kevin's been saying to me lately. He's like, we're just not on the same page. Hey, <laughs> this is Mrs. Mooch and Menounos. Mr. Scaramucci's going to keep his mouth shut here. I can tell I'm going to get in trouble. I can no. see the incoming. We're yeah. just being... No, it's all we're good. We're being funny. Yeah. So, so, or we think we are. So Maybe tell us your secret. Because you got a good, you got a secret. You got a really good secret. You yeah, which a, one? About what? Uh, your life. You have a positive <coughs> energy, mm-hmm. and you reach people, uh, millions of people, through television, radio, all this other stuff. But there's something that happened to you transitionally from your childhood to where you are right now, and it would be really cool for our listeners to know what that is and where did the awakening happen and the awareness. I can tell you when it happened for me, if that helps. Yeah. You know, so it happened for me the day that my father handed me a $10,000 check. And so I had just gotten into Tufts, which is in your hometown, yep. Medford, Massachusetts. My dad didn't have a lot of money, so he cashed a, like a life insurance, a cash value life insurance policy. It was in 1982, and he gave me $10,000. And Tufts was $24,000 at the time, so he said, Here's the money. He goes, look, you're going to have to figure this out. But he cashed a 250, got the cash value and closed down a $250,000 life insurance policy. And so that was the moment for me. That was the epiphany because I was a 
little bit of a hooligan. I was driving around in my he reg- says epiphany. He pronounces it incorrectly. Say it again. Epiphany. Okay, there you go. All right. I mean, look, I was born on the Epiphany, January sixth. Okay, good. Now I'm cruising around in the Camaro. I'm an Italian retard. I'm cruising. <gasps> I had a Camaro too. Of course you did. Of course you. And I had the gold chains. I was wearing 100% polyester or anything until the <laughs> mid to late 80s. But it was in that moment where you know I was not totally paying attention in school. I was a little off on like laziness, where I said, "Wow, this is so important to my dad. Then I'm going to take this thing seriously. I'm going to see where I, where I can take this." You had a moment like that, or did you? Hmm. Well, uh, I'm you've had sure... this amazing career, so something clicked somewhere to go from your background to where you are now. What was it? Yeah, well, I mean, the first thing I thought of was Kevin, um, because you know, growing up in Medford, first generation Greek American, you know, I had all these big dreams. I just didn't know how I was going to get there, and my parents were janitors at various nightclubs in Boston. And I used to get up on the stage and like perform for them in between cleaning and all the stuff I was doing to help us get out of there. Um, and I had this vision for what I wanted to do. And I wanted to be in LA and, um, I, you know, I'd wear my hair in a ponytail and I'd be like, dad, someday I'm going to go to LA. And he would take my ponytail and shake my head. No. And I'm like, yes. And he'd be like, no. <laughs> and so I didn't know how it was going to take shape, but I saw myself there and I saw myself being on TV and, and being in this industry. And so I did everything I could, any door that would open a little modeling gig at the mall, or, um, I entered a beauty pageant back there and that kind of opened up so many doors for me. And I met Kevin at, uh, while I was at Emerson college, I was studying broadcast journalism and my cousin had introduced us because they had gone to high school together. He's like, my buddy Kevin's coming home to make a movie. You should work on it. And I think that was kind of the moment because when I look at what transpired after that, everything I wanted clicked. So I was pursuing broadcast journalism. He's got an eye for talent. We're talking about your husband. Yeah. Okay. So Ken, Kevin Undergaro. Mm-hmm. He's got an eye for talent. You can just stop. I mean, I've met him obviously a few mm-hmm. times. I click with him immediately because he's, he's you know he's just like me, but he's like from Boston. But he's got an eye for talent. Oh, right? oh my God, he has an incredible and he, and track he, record. He, he can see around the corner on something, right? I said today to somebody so that gave and you it some clicked. confidence. Then, yeah, right? he's got he's like a career clairvoyant, and he um, is so so genius at what he does, and he does see talent. So. I met him. But it gave you more confidence too, right? Or no? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I, I worked on the film and I was able to learn kind of on the job, but he believed in me and I was producing. I mean, I PA'd, I produced, I did everything. And I got my first job and we moved out to LA and um, he just had so much confidence in where it was all going to go and helped me from building my reel to everything that I did. So I think that would be the moment because up until then you're doing things and you're, you're not knowing where it's going to, yeah, Yeah. where it's going to go, where it's going to take you, but you take those baby steps and then that baby step takes you to that moment when it's like, boom, here we go. Um, but I remember watching, I'm sorry, go ahead. I remember, you know, cause my parents are immigrants and I remember when I would be on that stage, I would think like, there's nowhere to go, but up. And my dad always used to say, Maria, you can do anything you put your mind to. And I believed him, luckily, 
because I don't know how I would be here otherwise. So setbacks, you're in the movie, entertainment, television business, so definitely you've had setbacks. Mm-hmm. It's a interesting group of people. How do you manage those? <laughs> interesting group of people. Yeah, they are. <laughs> uh, there is great ones and there is not so great ones. But I, that's true in my business. That's true sure. in a lot of businesses. In all businesses. Well, yeah. the world, probably. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, you know what I mean? It's because... With fame, it's a sort of like power, right? Because I've had a little bit of experience in Washington, and you know you, what happens is fame and power is a little bit similar. There's a lot of ruthlessness goes into it because people really want it. Yes. So they start losing their moral compass and they go after each other. Yes. You know? And the hard right. thing with me, I think that Kevin has recognized with me, is I don't want it the way they want it. When I first met him, he said, "Why do you want to make it so bad?" And I said, "Because I want to help my parents have a better life because they suffered." And so that was my driving force, aside from the fact that it was exciting and something that I, I wanted to do. My, my kind of guiding force was I wanted to help my parents. So, you know, I did everything from buying them their first new car to, you know, buying them a house and all of those things. But that was why I wanted it. So when I have encountered the ruthless people in this business that will literally oh, yeah. do anything they can to, to, to hold you down before you take off, you realize that that is what defines them is that fame and that power and that excitement. I'm like, doesn't mean anything to me other than I have recognized that what comes with that power and that fame is the ability again, when my mom gets diagnosed with brain cancer to be able to take care of Mm -hmm. her at the highest of levels Mm -hmm. and to be able to help other people like her as much as I can. So, you know, it's the struggle that I have now in these last two years since my brain surgery as well, that, so people may not know about your brain yeah. surgery. So let's talk a little bit about that. You had a men- meningioma? Yep. And so just for people, that's like a, the lining of the brain is starting to create a tumor, starting mm-hmm. to create excess growth. So it's less dangerous than an actual inside the brain tumor. Yes. And so you had it removed. Was it near your ear or where was it? it what was, hemisphere was it in? Um, on the right side, um, based in, on the trigeminal nerve near the pons or on the pons mm-hmm. and went into Meckel's cave. So... Um, so I had brain surgery. It'll be two years next month. Thank God. And, um, who did the surgery? Dr. Black at Cedars. In Cedars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's been my thing in the but last two years. But it coincided with is, your mom, like right after yeah. your mom, right? Yeah. My mom's was eight months prior to that. That is so, that is so strange and yeah. so not great. Crazy. Right? Yeah. That's but like, it was great because... My life had to change and it has drastically. So anybody else would be, you know, kind of freaking out. And I'm like, I'm really loving the moments of uncomfortableness when I'm like, I have these moments where I'm like, should I be doing more? Uh, no, I don't oh, yeah. That so. reminds you, you don't need to be doing more, right? Like, no, yeah, it's not is, important. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, I feel like if I'm going to go to like the next dimension, this is kind of that place where I'm really working on kind of the next level stuff, like the spiritual and the kind of transformational stuff. So, And did you and your mom kind of help each other through everything? Obviously you would anyway because you're mother-daughter, but you had something so terrible in common. I know that story would be like beautiful, (laughs) but no. No, that's Um, like a real answer. Yeah, because (laughs) my mom, you know, with brain cancer and, you know, Anthony, you know, because you do so much work with brain tumors, it's, it's a whole other thing. Like my mom had surgery, she had radiation, she had chemo. Yeah. <clears throat> there's a lot of things that go on in the brain after that. So there's a lot of inflammation, a lot of cognitive deficits. So 
part of the treatments that I gave my mom is I put her on marijuana. Mm -hmm. So I kind of joke sometimes that she was too high to help me. (laughs) (laughs) But she actually doesn't even remember my surgery. Seriously? Yeah, she doesn't remember Wait, how far after her surgery was your surgery? Eight months. Okay, so. So she was just freshly dosing on marijuana from maybe two months prior, a month and a half prior. And she just, you know, between the cognitive deficits, the radiation, inflammation, the marijuana, she doesn't remember anything. And she recently told me how bad she feels because she doesn't remember any of it. But to me, that was another silver lining because she didn't get to feel that. Imagine someone who has cancer, the last thing they need is stress. Mm -hmm. And a a child, no matter how old they are, being sick is the most stress you could ever put on a mom or a parent. So it's better off maybe. Yeah. I know my dad had brain surgery also and he had the same. Yeah. He had a meningioma actually, but it came like from his ear. Like an acoustic neuroma maybe? He had, um, what's it called? Oh, you said it was a meningioma. He had a cholesteatoma, but it led to the same exact thing that you had. Oh, wow. Unfortunately, there's an inner ear tumor. Yeah. Um, that can develop called a cholesteatoma. Right. It's almost like an excess of cholesterol. Wow. And it forms in the ear, in the middle ear area, and unfortunately it affected his hearing. I right. think he well, lost the hearing almost was, entirely. Yeah. In wow. His... But it went through, it ate through a bone in his head. Anyway. When, oh, my God. Long story short, I'm not trying to get, like, you know, neurological, but I remember him being in the hospital for six months, and he <gasps> forgot how to read. Yeah. And, all, and it was at a very, like, strange time for me. I was... Uh, freshman in high school and I was 15 and I remember it was like, like so upsetting to me but I remember seeing him and thinking I cannot believe like how precious life is in your brain yeah. and to see you in that much of a deficit when you've been a functioning adult yeah. it's hard to say so I'm sure back, that was though. hard on him oh yeah no he fully recovered but it was just it takes a while it though. takes a long time and yeah. um it's a big trauma I mean, so we got a lot in common here because my dad had a meningioma mm-hmm. surgery. Uh, they couldn't remove the entire thing because it was bicameral. It was on both sides of his brain. And they uh, they did the radio, like the cyber knife on the left side. They removed most of the right side. And so the, uh, I mean, we can get off this topic, but I mean, here's the thing. You have this resilience. You have this gift of like awareness, which is very cool, which we try to teach our kids. You know, be aware, be present, yeah. you know. Love what's going on. Everything's not going to be perfect. Yeah. But you know what? We're here. We're together. You got a lot of love. It's how in your you get life, through it, right? And but but what I what I'm trying to do, and I know Deirdre's trying to do this, which among the many reasons I love her is, you want to tell the kids, hey, come on, you can do it. You know, dream the biggest yes, dream and totally. go for the biggest idea, and don't be afraid to fail. You know, yep. what I mean, like. There's a plaque somewhere I read. It's a little bit cliche, but it's like, what if you could do whatever you wanted and you were guaranteed that you weren't going to fail at it? No, but you know what's cool about Anthony? Because I've had the privilege of seeing him with his older kids. They have actually listened to him and they believe that and they actually are doing things that they want to do, which is very cool to see. Um, And they don't really care about what anybody thinks. They they pursue what they want to do. And yeah. that is because you told them to. I mean, when I got fired from the White House, though, and I was telling... You got uh, fired from the White House? Oh, yeah, you didn't know that. <laughs> what? Yeah, that missed, that, you missed that one. I was telling John Kelly this. So Kelly fired me. I, I interviewed him uh, last night here at the Saul Conference, and uh, we were standing with my son. And my son, AJ, he's 26. He's at Stanford Business School. Two years ago, he was 24. I got my butt fired. I'm walking on the promenade in uh, Santa Monica, mm-hmm. like the third or fourth street promenade. <clears throat> and he's like, hey, dad, are you, are you going to be okay? It was like the first time in my life where my kid was parentalizing and like all of a sudden realized that I was getting annihilated. 
and we were telling Kelly this, you know, and he said, yeah, you know, I, I'm sorry that it went down like that, but I also got annihilated. He was explaining why. And you know what? Going into politics is a rough contact sport. Yeah. If you're going into the media, yep. you're going to get hit with the paparazzi. You know, you're going to yeah. get hit in an uncomfortable situation. They're, they're going to catch you without your hairstylist who spent two and a half hours on that hair. Mm-hmm. Looks good, though. Looks Thanks. Good. Hers was two hours and 26 minutes as well. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and mine was three hours and 51 minutes, in case we're counting. But the point I'm making is I love the resilience. Thanks. I love that story. Well, it's Rocky. Rocky's quote gets me through so much. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Yeah, how that. much you can take. Do you know Sylvester Stallone? I do. He's a dear friend. And when I came out of surgery, that was the first thing I said. I started quoting Rocky. So going into surgery, I was playing Rocky music as my theme song. And when I came out, I could barely speak and I started quoting it. So I sent it to him. It happened to be his birthday. I said, if you didn't know how much your words meant to me before, it's the first thing I uttered when I woke up from massive brain surgery. Well, he's got an incredible life story too, you know, because yeah. I mean, he... Talk about resilience. I tell my kids this. He wrote the screenplay of Rocky. Mm-hmm. They wanted to buy for him on a dime. Yep. They didn't want him to act in it. Nope. He says, hey, I'm not doing it unless you let me act in it. He finally gets it done. Goes on to win the Academy Award. Yeah. You know? I mean, it was an You have was to believe amazing... in yourself and... The other quote about fear, you, you gave me the one great one, is everything you want is on the other side of fear. So mm-hmm. if you let fear guide you in life, what a boring, like miserable life. Mm-hmm. You have to go for things. Like that's why I've done all the crazy stuff I've done, whether it's wrestling or dancing with the stars. I couldn't put one foot in front of the other and make it make sense. And I went in and Derek transformed me into a dancer. But if I had listened to everyone who had told me you're going to suck, <laughs> don't do it. You're going to embarrass yourself. And there was a side of me that thought this was going to happen. My family, my parents, Maria, you're going to be so bad, Maria. Maybe stop telling me. I'm <laughs> She's laughing because she knows I suck at dancing. Um, I'm sure they've asked you to do the show, right? Uh, the they didn't here? directly ask me, but they did send out a couple of feelers. It was right after the White House. Mm-hmm. I would probably do it today if they asked me. I probably was less inclined then because I was getting annihilated. And yeah. Needed a little bit of time to like. How did you in. get past that? Um. It's a good question. Well, first thing I had to do, because uh, my wife and I were split, and so I had to reconcile that. And so I was more concerned about that than anything else, because I obviously love her very much. And so I had to figure that out. And then we started that work in progress. You know, Tony helped us. You were talking about Tony Robbins. Yeah. We went down to uh, David, David Destiny. Destiny. Oh. Yeah. Talked with him and Sage. Oh, Derek was actually, was Derek there? Yeah, Derek was there. Derek and his sister. I went to that one. You were I was there. With them. I was about yeah. to say, I think you were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. course. Yeah, okay. So that what year was it that, was baby? Seven, that was like uh, 17, 17, right? Mm-hmm. It was yeah. December 17th. So uh-huh. we were there. Yeah. Oh, wow. In that VIP area. Yeah, of course. The uh, director was there with us. I'm trying to think of the guy. He did uh, yeah. Rush Hour. Brett Ratner. Two, Brett Ratner. He's a good yeah. friend. Yeah. Of yeah. Was he so, there too? I don't remember. Yeah, and I saw Brett last week at the Milken Conference, but we were all sitting together and Tony just has a gift you know yes. I mean? he knows i love deirdre and thankfully deirdre loves me and he's like okay here's how we're going to put this together and here's how you're going to be stronger what did he say what did you do so many good things just so many good things what were, like, about the top like ones? you know own your mistakes make sure that you're um living each day really caring about each other focus on each For other me, your it's like, and are you listening Okay. Can you hear us? Okay. <laughs> no, the, I think gratitude for me is like the biggest takeaway from Tony. Because if you start your day like thinking, like we really have great life, you mm-hmm. know, and we're really lucky. And so if you think about all the things, like I think, oh my God, I have these, this like amazing family. I grew up with great parents, whatever it is. 
And I think about how much it's like you're it's lucky to find someone that you really love, by the way. So yeah. Um, so if you start from there, when you get up in the morning, like it's kind of hard to be in a bad mood. So, I mean, sometimes things do get the better of you. Yeah. But for the most part, if you have some gratitude in your heart. But and that helps mind, you not lose the perspective. Yeah, it gives gratitude. you some perspective. Yeah. You know, Maria, every so time I've got my ego Sounds involved so cheesy, but it's or so I got true. my pride involved, I've really done stupid things. Yeah. You know, and, and so I always tell people that, you know, she's probably sick of me saying that to people. Oh, shut up. But you know what? That's the truth. <laughs> Yeah. Because what happens is the emotions go very high and then the intelligence goes yes. low. Well, that's a Tony thing. When, and you, when emotions react. are high, that's a Tony intelligence thing. is reacts, low. Not response. That's yeah. a Tony thing. Yeah. yeah. There's like your, a million Tony things. Keep your I emotions out of it. Don't overly personalize it. Take yeah. a look at the situation and do what's right for you and your family, right? How do you get to the point, though, where that becomes your go-to when you've been used to it not being? That's mm-hmm. a lot of work. Yeah, a lot of work. Yeah. Oh, a great book. Um, yeah. It was uh, called Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman. It's a classic. It's probably 30 years old now. But what he said was you can actually train your brain to be optimistic. You have tendencies uh, sociologically and as a result of your evolution to be pessimistic mm-hmm. because that pessimism allowed you to survive. The yeah, whole, it's the protecting. Know, the, yeah, the yeah. saber-toothed tiger's coming my way or this is going to happen. Yep. And so what happens is you have a worry switch that goes on. You're sitting in your cave with the spear waiting for the saber-toothed tiger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so what he was trying to say is that you're living in a 100,000-year-old piece of machinery. It hasn't had a software upgrade in 100,000 yes. years. So you have to hit the reset. You have to hack it. You have to reboot yourself. You know, this phone went from iPhone 1 to iPhone 10 in 10 years, but you're living in the same piece of machinery from 100,000 years ago. So yeah. his point was you got to hack it. And the way you hack it is you start creating the habits of optimism, gratitude, yeah, appreciation, you have a gratitude list or the things about your life you really, really like. What are the things about your life that you don't like that you can fix? Yeah. How do you accept the things about your life that you can't fix? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like happening sur- for you, not to you. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like the serenity prayer. So, so those are, those are big things, but, uh, you know, weirdly, and maybe this is true, maybe it isn't true, but, uh, the thing that happened to me and obviously my family affected my family, it, it's also had these positive externalities. You know, I think it helped our conference, believe it or not, because I'm calling people, they return my call. They know who I am. Come to the conference. You know, so, I'm not sure wait, if we so would have met or not. before you got fired, Co- you think they didn't know your name, and now that became such big news? More. Interesting. Know, yeah, I think so. See, that's it was working you for you, so? not to you. I don't definitely. Know. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because it was like such a firestorm. It was like, it was explosive and, and like tabloided. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And people, unfortunately, read that more than they read real Real news. So what is real news? I don't know. Just like things that are actually going on in the world that are like consequential to life and death. Not the mooch. I'm kidding. Yeah. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We're, we're, we're going to wrap in a little bit, but i got to ask you another question if mm-hmm. you're cool with it. Okay, so yeah. you, you, uh, you've got this great trajectory. Where, where are you? Where's Kevin in 10 years? And we know you make plans and God laughs, and it's not going to be what you probably totally... Imagine, where do you think yeah. it's going to be? I hope in the next 10 years we're able to successfully create a family. That's definitely at the top of the list. I think 
Um, I hope that all of the work we're doing in uh, entrepreneurially, like in our company with AfterBuzz TV, um, will flourish so that we can um, we can continue that great work and and kind of be in in the driver's seat of our lives. Um, you know, all those years being under contract and having someone else tell you yeah, what, what to, to do, do, even down to your hair every day is mm-hmm. like, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm excited to be in the driver's seat and in that kind of uncertainty of what's coming and what's where we're all going. You know, like I think for a long time I was going contract to contract and okay, this gig and that gig and these people want me, uh, and now I'm in like that a moment freneticism, of, right? Now you have calm. Now I have peace yeah. and stillness, and I'm just letting the universe guide me to where I'm supposed to go. And it's a really exciting place. It can be uncomfortable at times, but it's it's a cool place. So we'll see. You know what the best part of that is that you we get to do stuff together all the time, and I think that's part part of the best part of your story is that you're yeah. doing it with your husband. Yeah, yeah, you're boo. A good team. Love you, boo. No, it makes it more fun, though. It is. Right? Yeah, when like, I was working like crazy, he would even take me to the nail salon and sit with me. Yeah, like, because you got, we do He that would drive too. me to premieres, whatever it took so we could spend yeah, time hang together. hang out and, like, yeah. yeah, be together. That's great. But, yeah, working with your spouse or significant other is fun. I like it. Uh, last question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, what you got advice, a lot of questions. Well, what advice would you have for somebody trying to break into the business? Call Kevin. Call Kevin. <laughs> right. Call Kevin. I think, I mean, the... The standard things I always say is whatever you think you're doing, it your work hard is not our work hard. Mm-hmm. So if you think you're working hard, multiply it by a thousand and now you might be at the level you need to be at. Okay. It's great it's, advice. It's just the truth. If you want to make it, it requires extreme sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It requires humility. It requires tenacity. It requires um, resourcefulness. And no bitching and complaining. And it's really hard, especially with this generation, for them to understand what it takes to really make it Mm -hmm. and to really get to that level. But if you keep pushing and you keep fighting, you keep working, like I always envisioned a ladder. So my vision was growing up, okay, I'm going to be going up the ladder and, you know, the person ahead of me is going to start doing drugs and they're going to fall. And then the next person, oh, they're going to pick a poor partner and then that's going to take them out of the game. And then that person's <laughs> going to do something stupid and I'm going to play such a good game. I'm going to be good. I'm going to work hard. I'm, I'm going to be whatever. And then I'm just going to keep going. And that was how I looked at it. And it's exactly what happened. So, so you like self-actualized all this stuff. Yeah. Oh, I visualized everything yeah. down to what my house looks like, down to what I, cars I was driving, down to everything. It's crazy power of the mind yeah that goes back to the whole it's tony great. robbins thing M- marie it's awesome well thank thanks. you we really appreciate you being on the show thanks it's... guys this was fun yeah thanks for coming on all right hopefully we'll see you again soon yes a little different than chris christie yeah, ladies and gentlemen i loved it it was so much fun maria <laughs> maria thanks maria <laughs> thank you guys we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 